Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Daily Mic Drop, episode number 15. I'm Mike Zacchio, and as always, I appreciate you for taking some time out of your Tuesday afternoon, or evening actually right now, to listen to me talk, and to my guests who I have on sporadically throughout the week. Uh, we do have a guest joining us tonight. I'll tell you a little bit about her before we bring her on. I already see that she's requesting to join, so that's all good to go. So uh, since most of my uh, base is in New York, um, many of you probably do not know her. Um, my guest tonight is Keita Adams. She is a LGBTQ relationship coach based out of Texas. So uh, we'll be bringing her on right about now. And uh, if you have any questions for either myself or Keita, like I said, just ask them in the chat and then uh, we'll get to them as soon as possible. So let's, uh, let's welcome in Keita here. Oh, wow. You're, you're much clearer on my end. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. all right. So, and uh, everyone, let me let me know in the in the comments section because everyone was saying that Keto was blurry. She seems fine on my end now, so uh, hopefully yeah. she's good for everybody as well. All right, so uh, Keto, like, like I said, um, a lot of my people are, are based in New York as as well as myself. I know you're in Texas, so a lot of people probably aren't familiar with you. So I guess kind of give like, yeah. a little bit of a background into what you do and who you are. Yeah. So I am, uh, a, like you said before, an LGBTQ relationship coach, like really out to transform the way that like we view relationships, like um, just the way we operate in relationships um, because a lot of our relationships, I'm, I'm not gonna say issues, but like things that, you know, the LGBTQ community goes, goes through actually starts like with our parents. And there's a lot of things, um, you know, through that, that like we have to really work, work through because if not, we take them into our, our romantic relationships. So I really am out to like, you know, help singles transform their relationship, help, help couples really get through and um, gain clarity about what they want and just to strengthen their relationships and create new foundations for them. So, um, and I, and I want to be the person to do it because I think it's um, very, we find allies, right? But it's hard to find someone that knows your experiences that have been through the same things that you've been through the troubles of coming out and also trying to find relationships. So I'm like glad to get this thing like kicked off and started full time. I've been in it for a couple of years, but now I'm like really taking it full force. So I'm excited about that. How long have you been involved in relationship coaching or just coaching in general? Um, so coaching in general. So I would say like I got really clear on what coaching was probably about 2013 and have been in it kind of back and forth. But I have really just honed in on the LGBTQ um, community and relationships in like the last year or so. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I, mean, I read your, your website, your blogs. I wanted just to kind of get a little familiar with who you are, but for the people who, yes. who didn't, what made you want to kind of go into, into coaching, like exactly, like exactly coaching, not like social work, not you know, any other avenue that you can do to help people like why relationship coaching? Yeah. Well, I'm a naturally a teacher and a coach. I, okay. um, I coach softball and then I um, taught English and, high school for 10 plus years. So um, I like the coaching aspect of like, here are some steps, here are some things that you can do, here are the actions that you can take to actually get to where you need to be. I think sometimes with like social work or with therapists, it is a lot of listening and you're listening to past and people get to like talk, but I like the, okay, now we have this part. Now here are some actions that we can, that we can take. So I like the coaching aspect of like, Here's some action. Let's get you from point A to, to point B. Um, because a lot of times people may understand issues. They just don't necessarily know what to do. Um, and I think when it comes to relationships and with dating, like we don't grow up, people don't 
teach us like how to date. They don't teach us about relationships. So, you know, we end up like watching it on TV or whatever. And it seems really like, oh, things will just fall into place and you don't have to do anything. And so I like the coaching aspect because it really gives you the direction of like, here's some actions that you can take. And I, I, I always tell people, like, I grew up, like, with my idea of relationships and romance from, like, a lot of romantic comedies. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. it took a while for me to realize, like, you know, life is not exactly like a movie mm-hmm. and, like, all these happy endings and these weird serendipitous moments. Like, yeah. that's not really like, real life. You you might get one of those <laughs> or a handful of those yeah. throughout your, you know, your life. But it, life in general is just not, like, yeah. your person's just going to bump into you on the street. Like, mm-hmm. or run like, after you in an airport. Like, that love the I, airport. Oh, <laughs> God. It, it's a it's amazing how it. how often it's in movies that I think now it's just like it's just known as the cliche that like people just kind of like it's the scene you like hate to love I guess like yeah. instead of like loving to hate you're just like oh god of course they did that but like yeah. I'm still gonna sit here and watch it because like I want someone to do that for me <laughs> like I would yes. totally run through an airport and like I see like Allie's in the chat like she can attest like I would have hands down, barefoot <laughs> run through LaGuardia or JFK to go chase down, you know, my woman. So, yeah. um, so what was your, cause like, I am like new to the journey. Like I was like a sports reporter for a number of years. And, like I want to get into the, the coaching field and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so like, I'm just kind of starting off with just kind of giving advice here and there. What was your journey into like actually building, you know, your, your brand and whatnot as a relationship coach and getting like certified or, you know, as an official coach? Yeah, so I did a just certification, um, just like life coaching certification. Um, But then I actually worked with the Relationship Coaching Institute, um, or RCI for people that may know. And like, I took courses on uh, working with singles, and you have a coach and they work with you, you get like practice clients, and like you work with with those clients like for free. And then you also work work with a mentor and a coach that's like helping you through those sessions. And so I've been doing I've spent a lot of my time with the Relationship Coaching Institute. And it's really great because you also get to use like a lot of their materials and things like that. So I went through the singles portion and built up, you know, you know, this the singles part. And then now I'm I, uh, and then I did like the couples, couples part. So it's really cool, because you do like workshops and you are actually working and coaching with clients. And so you get to go and then have a conversation with someone um, about the best way to coach them. Or like, maybe if I got stuck, like in a session, um, and like, didn't know like how to help them or hear clearly or whatever. Right. So I really like that because I could go in and get feedback um, after each, you know, session that I had with them. So that's been my journey, kind of just like relationship coaching. I don't necessarily have like a specific certification for like working with LGBTQ because I I think my own personal experiences and just, you know, other people have a lot more to say than what a a course can actually tell me. Mm -hmm. So um, (laughs) that's funny. Definitely catching Corona. If you do that. (laughs) (laughs) Great. That's Um, my cousin. (laughs) Uh, And he's correct about that. Oh yeah. Um, so, So yeah, that's been, that's been my process. And now it really is. It just, it's, it's building. I've gotten, I wanted to help everyone. And then I saw that there was a need for, for my particular community, because like I said, there's allies, but there's not anybody. One, there's very few females. Um, and two, there's very few um, females of color, like in the LGBTQ community, like helping and being a coach and helping with relationships. Um, and so I saw the need. And so here I am, and I'm like branding myself out, um, you know, branching out and branding myself and 
you know, creating the videos and just having conver- conversations with people, creating a podcast, just things like that to let people know, like, hey, you do have somebody in your corner. So, yeah. So uh, you said you work with singles and you work with uh, couples, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say are like some of like, the biggest, like, like, so we don't want to say issues, like, I guess, uh, struggles uh, or the biggest thing that they struggle with for single people? And what do you find like with couples and relationships? What are, what are like the, one of the, some of the biggest things that they kind of struggle with? Yeah, um, I, so I think both with singles and couples, a uh, part that most that they don't even realize that takes effect on their um, on their relationships, whether they're single or, or in a relationship is that for the LGBTQ community, we have a whole new layer um, that we're having to pull off of ourselves um, and work through because we spend a large part of our adolescent life hiding. Um, and so we don't get those experiences maybe when we're younger, this generation is a little bit better because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit more accepted, but like for someone like me or people my age, like we don't, we didn't get to have all of those experiences when we were younger, like we were in high school or whatever to like, you know, be in love or fall in love or like really work through the aspect of love. It was a lot of dreaming because we had to hide ourselves. Mm-hmm. So because of that, a lot of times for single single people or if you immediately get into a relationship because you're like this is what I'm supposed to do and we're playing catch up when you do that is like we may not know all of who we are on the personal level and so we're trying to find ourselves and when you're doing that when you have two people in a relationship with couples trying to do that and trying to figure it all out also trying to figure out a relationship also maybe trying to figure out jobs and family and what that looks like like that, that can really take a toll um, on, on both people. Um, and then as a single person, you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm trying to find myself. So we're out here doing this thing and we're, we're taking stuff from TV and you're like, okay, well, that's what they do on TV. So let me try this out. Or, you know, you may meet somebody and you don't really know what it's about, but like, you're just excited to be out. And so like, you're adopting things from all over. So it really is a new level of like trying to figure ourselves out. Um, and that's just across the board. Um, so I, obviously you, you do a lot of work with the LGBT community. Are you exclusively working with the LGBT community or do you have clients of, you know, all creeds, races, genders and, and whatnot? Yeah. So I used to um, work with everyone just in regards to relationships, but now I am just strictly LGBTQ. Um, I think that, again, there's like this need, we're not necessarily, um, uh, like I said, we have allies, but it's important to have someone that's in your community, it's important to have someone that like knows exactly what what you're going through. And just with the conversations that I've had with several people, um, we're hard to find. Like, I am like, you know, just like this rare person, um, because I am strictly only working with the LGBTQ community. So I mean, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited about that. (laughs) Um, What would you say are some of the biggest misconceptions as it pertains to, you know, the LGBT community, particularly with LGBTQ relationships? Oh, man. So I think with like, so for like gay men, it is they're all sexual and they all like sleep with each other and they don't like relationships and all that. So I think that's a pretty big like stereotype and they like to party and do drugs. And there's some, uh, you know, some things in that there are some that are like that, but that's not always the thing. And I think with um, uh, with lesbian women, it's like, the the question I like hate the most is like, who's the guy in the relationship? And it's like, <sighs> Neither. Neither. Like, 
that's the point but there is this misconception that there has to be one that's like masculine has to be one that's feminine and it's crazy because there's parts of our community that really will take that on and and like adopt that and like they feel like you know they either have to be masculine or have to be feminine and they can't date somebody that's like the same so like you can see two women that are feminine and they're dating and it's like this whole like confusion like yeah like are you this doesn't add up like Like, this doesn't add up like whatever like who's supposed to be the dude and so there that is definitely a, a misconception but it bleeds into our community and so we have to really work to not also feed into those stereotypes um, that are kind of out there. So yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to pull away, but like I said, some of that can be true because we come out so late sometimes. And so we're just trying to figure it out. You know, like there are not conversations going on at home, one about relationships in general, but two, like about, you know, LGBTQ plus relationships. And, you know, there's just so much of like people are like really trying to figure themselves out. Um, so yeah. Um, so I said that like, you know, when I was growing up, I felt like we didn't see a lot of LGBTQ characters on TV or in movies, at least compared to now. Um, I'm yeah. wondering, like, for you, how do you feel about the way you know, members of the LGBTQ, com- LGBTQ community are portrayed in movies and TV uh, today? Um, so I definitely think it's a lot more than what I had growing up. Um, there can be some stereotypes in there, but I would take that over not having any representation at all you know so and I I like that there's a lot more um queer people of color and like we're adding in the the transgender community and like and they're being you know visible and so I I like the representation that we have like there are some things that are not true but if you watch like a show that's LGBTQ or whatever then like you still see those same stereotypes right and so um but I just I'm glad that we're represented now yeah. where we weren't before. But like I watched, used to watch Pretty Little Liars like back, yes. when, back when it was on. And I remember watching it and, and I really enjoyed it. And um, admittedly, it took me a while to kind of bite the bullet and get on the train. But um, I, I remember watching it. And one thing that really always irked me is like, I, I would notice like, with, by the way, there's going to be a spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen Pretty Little Liars, that's just too bad. <laughs> the show's like eight years old now. Definitely and I'm like, I, and I would say like, you know, Emily comes out, which I'm like, great. Like with this, this mm-hmm. you know, LGBTQ character. And one thing that always annoyed me is like, I felt like she was attracted to everyone. And like, Yay. she just, she made up, and I'm like, it's not like this. Like, I know I'm of the LGBT community, but I'm like, not all lesbians are attracted to every woman who walks the earth. And Yay. it's just something that like, so I'm wondering if, if you notice this and if it annoys you, but again, like, I'm sure it's probably better than not being represented at all, or I don't know how you feel yeah, about that. Um, you know, I think like everything has to be progressed. So like, we have to get on the screen at first, but I noticed that too. And it was like, oh, she is she likes this girl over here and this girl and somebody walks by and like says hi and she's like oh my gosh I'm in love <laughs> and that is it is such a huge like common misconception like my senior high school reunion I went back and I wasn't out in high school and so someone was like well you know did you like were you looking at us like in the locker room and I was like first off none of you are my type <laughs> and then they got offended because they weren't my type I know like so, but yeah, I mean, we had to explain that whole thing of like, I'm not attracted to every single woman that I see. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it's something that that you have to work through. And, you know, like I said, I'm glad that we're being represented. Now, here, let's make some progress on how we are being represented. So, um, but you do find that a lot. Um, 
I think a lot more with lesbians, um, with lesbians than you do with, with gay men. Like, like you don't see like a gay man falling in love with every dude that crosses his path, like and shows as much as you do mm-hmm. with women. But I also think there is this like fantasy aspect of two women being together that mm-hmm. media and shows definitely play up. So yeah, uh, how do because I'm always curious to find the answer out to this. Like, how do you respond to people when they say like, "Yo, oh, well, being gay is a choice." Like, yeah. like, what what is your response to that, or how do you deal with that if someone tells you that? Um, you know, so it's so several different ways. I ask them, when did they choose to be straight? Um, and just let them know that we don't choose to be ridiculed, ridiculed by our family and, and kicked out of our homes by our families and, um, and ridiculed by the world and have our rights being taken away. Like if I, if I had to wake up one day and be like, hmm, what am I going to choose? Like, I'm definitely not going to choose that. Like, like I came out and my dad told me like, I was going to hell and I had this 30 minute conversation about it. And, you know, all my life, it's been this back and forth thing or some people get kicked out, you know, their families kicked them out and they end up being homeless. So that's not, um, no one would choose that. Ever. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I address it. So I'm like, I read in your, your blog, your website that, you know, your father was not very receptive to, to you coming out. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, obviously things have progressed much more in 2020 for parents nowadays, like, what would you say is the best reaction to your child coming out? So I, I think when it comes to parents, like um, I always, you know, people ask me like, what's the advice on coming out to their parents? And I always tell them if, if, if you have the parents that, that give you the space to be able to come out, acknowledge them because the thing with parents is they always wonder what they did wrong. Um, so, you know, I want the kid or the person to acknowledge their parents. Um, but, you know, on the flip side of that for the, for the parents, like, we just want to know that we're loved, you know, um, you can be confused. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to not understand. Um, maybe sometimes like you need to ask for time to really like, let it soak in because a lot of parents want to like ask questions, even, even if they are okay, like, Hey, I love you. And then they're like, okay, this or this, and this, <laughs> and they want to like spin. But sometimes that moment of just coming out is so overwhelming. Like, we have nothing else to give when it comes to answering all the questions. So maybe just like, just the, the biggest thing is letting, um, letting your child know that like you love them because at the end of the day, like the reason why we don't come out is because that's what we think. Like my parents won't love me anymore or my family won't love me anymore. My siblings won't love me anymore. And so if you can just reassure them that, that you love them, not even necessarily that things won't change because things will change. Um, But yeah, just like, I love you. Like, no matter what, you're still my child, you know, and I have questions. Maybe we talk about it later, you know, just things like that. Um, I think one thing parents don't know um, that I want to mention is like, when you say, oh yeah, I already knew, that may not be the best response because we think we're doing a really good job of hiding. Oh, okay. Uh, My my cousin wants to know, how was your experience coming out? So my experience was a little up and down coming out. So I was having a conversation with my two sisters and my mom about like going to hell for whatever reason. And I was sitting at my kitchen counter and I'd been kind of back and forth about what I was going to say. And so I was leaving for the weekend to go to Dallas with one of my friends. And so I jumped off the kitchen counter and was like, well, I guess I'm going to hell because I'm gay. And then like walked out and was gone for the weekend. (laughs) 
uh, came back and I asked my, you know, I asked my mom not to tell my dad. She told my dad. And then I sat on the phone with him for hours on end with him telling me that I was going to go to hell. Um, and then I got really upset with my mom. And so my mom thought, my mom was like, okay, I'm not going to lose my child. So she quickly kind of changed her course and loved me through it. Never really asked me questions about it. That was a process for her. Um, when she would ask me like in college, like, how's everything going? And I'm like, do you want to know how everything's going? Or are you just asking to like be nice? So, you know, I gave her the space to be the hardest experience was like my dad, because it was always, you know, I was going to hell. I mean, I've gotten pulled in front of church and like people laid their hands on me, you know, to pray away the gay. And so that was a, it was, it was an experience and I'm okay with my dad now. Um, but yeah, it was it was rough for, you know, a good while there, um, you know, with my dad, because he's very much like, this is what it says in the Bible. So it was a little rough and it's okay right now. Yeah. Um, something I've, I've always wondered, and I'm sure like we have a lot of straight people in the comments who are also mm -hmm. wondering, I, you mentioned like, you know, there are a lot of allies. How can we be the best possible ally to the LGBT community, in your opinion? Ooh, wow. Um, I know it's kind of a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, I I think just if you don't know, like not being afraid to say that you don't know and ask. Um, even even if when it comes to like stereotypes or you're like, so this is what I've seen or this is what I know. And I really am just curious. So like I, I want to come to you and ask instead of just assuming things. Um, and then like, you know, really stepping up anytime you see any type of discrimination, or if you have the knowledge about stereotypes, and you're with a friend, just being like, hey, that's not cool. Like, you know, just like, just like really kind of stepping up in a way to where, um, because at the end of the day, when we come out, it's a trust thing. Like we're looking to see not only can we trust our parents, can we trust our parents or our family, but like, can we trust the world? Can we trust our friends? like, you know, to like help keep us keep us safe or whatever, right? So I think the more that you can ask questions and learn, and then the more that you can really step in when discrimination happens, um, then yeah, that would definitely help. So trying to shift to, I guess, like a more, uh, a more lighthearted subject, yeah. if, I, if I can. I don't know if you've seen the movie, but it's also something I've been curious about. Have you ever seen the movie I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry? Yes. But that, yeah. So <laughs> I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts on that in terms of like how they like do you think it you know, sent I guess like a good message for that like, do you think it was it was powerful for the LGBT community or do you think like they just made too much of a joke of it or like how did you kind of feel about that film and the way they went about everything um well here, here's the thing that I know I know we can get really we can take the route of getting like really super uptight about it I think it's very lighthearted um and funny but also endearing that someone would do that like for their friend you know um yeah, so I think it's like it's some things you have to laugh about and like not be so like that's not how we are, you know, whatever, because people have their perceptions. But I think the movie was more so I took it as a movie more so like what are you willing to do like for your friend versus making fun and poking fun at, you know, like like gay men. Now you're still gonna get the stereotypes, you know, certain things yeah. that they did or whatever. Like, it's just how the world perceives um you know gay men and so it's that's where the education comes in that's where you know we speak up and be like okay let's try to change the narrative let's try to change the progress of things but i took it yes more as like 
okay, I would do this for my friend, help him out more so than, you know, making fun of our community. I remember you mentioned early in the chat how like there's the, the misconception that like, you know, old gay people are kind of like, we're attracted to everyone or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and like, I remember like there's like, there's a scene in that movie where he's like, you know, you're not even my type. And he's yeah. like, oh, well, what do you mean? What do you mean I'm not your type? Like, I'm cute. Like, I'm like a 10. Yeah. Like, I was, so it's like. What do you mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> I, and like in some ways I'm like, you know, I, I feel like, yes, they, they do ham it up a lot. But I'm also like, I feel like they brought up some valid points and like conversations to like get the conversation started to kind of yeah. show straight people like, yeah, this is how you behave sometimes. And like, yeah. and this is how wrong you are. So that's, I, I was always curious as to like, I guess how that was perceived in the LGBT community. Um, yeah, I, I think it's, oh, I think we, um, you know, I, I like for me, I appreciate any, um, anything that's going to start the conversation um, about our community and misconceptions and stereotypes and different things like that. Because at the same time, for those those kids that haven't come out yet and they don't know, like at the same time, that's teaching them. So like it, it is a teachable moment for for everybody, you know, in regards to that of like. So I think sometimes it's it's good to bring up things like that because then you're like, that's not that's not how it goes. That's not what we do. Not necessarily that you're wrong for that, but like you can tell like people just don't know and they're just when you see the same stereotypes over and over and over and over and over again it's just a lack of education yeah. and it's a lack of people really reaching out and understanding our community so i know you said you uh, just between reading and you also said like you played softball so i assume you're a sports fan to this day yes um so what would you say like why do you think there's still such a stigma around you know like gay men in like the main professional sports like you know like NFL, NBA, MLB, yeah. like, because I feel like, yes, we're in 2020, you know, gay marriage is legal, like, we've made so many strides, mainly, like, the last 10 years, but I still feel like if an NFL player were to come out, like, if Pat Mahomes came out and said, like, by the way, I'm gay, it would be, like, earth-shattering news. First um, off, I love that you mentioned Pat Mahomes because he's my cousin. Get out, are you serious? Yep. Yeah, that's what I was like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I know he went to Texas like, Tech, but I'm like, I, yeah. I, Texas is also enormous. So that's why I'm like, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't just assume everyone from Texas is related. <laughs> yeah, um, no, he is like babysat him when he was a kid, have watched him grow up <laughs> and play. Like, so like all of the stuff that he does, like, it's so funny watching him because like all of my friends, when they see them like losing, I'm always like, just wait, just wait just wait because i've seen him like come back and win games and do all that other kind of stuff so it's just it's it's great that i think that uh you uh yes and he stole his haircut from me by the way (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so to the question i think that's less about um the gay community and more just about gender um we have these ways that we think that men should be Mm-hmm. And so you have to be masculine, you have to be this, and you have to be that. And so we work really hard um, to make our men be like that. And there are, like, trust me, there are gay men in the NFL, and they put on a certain persona, right, to, um, to, to like, fit in and to hide that. And so, but it, it has more so to do with, like, who men um, how we view masculinity and how we view like what actually makes a man and like men, you know, can't cry and all of that, which is why you see such the the broad range of um, of uh, what a masculine man looks like, how they depict them on TV mm-hmm. versus 
what like like gay men are like way over here and they're flamboyant and they're whatever but like gay men can like like anything it could be like the dude with the saggy pants or whatever like you know so like it's it's such a huge range but like we that's that's not what we show to young boys that's not um maybe what you know fathers will always say to their sons I mean my dad was definitely not like that with my brothers you know he was like get hard and this and the protector and stuff like that so I think that has more so to do with why um there is this stigma about like you know gay men being in like these huge sports you know um like the NFL and MLB and NBA um because we have a completely like flawed perception of what a man is or what a man can be. I, I sit there and think about like, you know, like female sports, like, you know, you look at people like Brittany Griner, Megan Rapinoe, mm -hmm. Super. And I, I feel like there's almost this like, oh, well, like, of course they're lesbian. Like, that's why they're so good kind of thing. But <laughs> mm -hmm. it's like, like that doesn't take away that they're, you know, huge, you know, you know stars in the LGBT yeah. community. I'm like, but like uh, for football, it's like, you know, I, I feel like it would be like this headline news if, if a guy came out and I'm like, oh, yeah. I, 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 to me, I'm like, I, I don't, I don't understand like why it matters. Like, yeah. you know, I think back to like, you know, I run like the movie like Valentine's Day, you know, like when the main character, mm -hmm. he's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a top quarterback and I'm gay. And he's just like, and I feel like, like, I don't understand like why that can't be like the way it is. Like you hear now, like there's just rumors of like, oh, there's an active gay player. And I'm like, you really think that out of the whole NFL, there's like, there's just not, one. Yeah, like just one or, or none. Like, yeah. So I, I well, still understand like. Yeah, I think with anything, I think the more that we actually get people to live their true authentic selves and have people support them, um, the less of a stigma it'll be. You know, it's kind of, I mean, it's it's just like with anything with like LGBTQ, like we had to come out and and people had to start seeing it in their families, in their friend groups, like the neighbor across the street to really start being accepting of like, hmm, uh, like, yeah, it's not just one or two people or it's not just everyone that lives in San Francisco. Like, no, this is a person that's like sitting next to me. So I think it's like the more like people really start to step up and come out and they have support the less like, you know, harsh it'll be. Yeah, kind of like, you know, Aaron Hernandez, like that whole documentary and like, there's such this fight of like, he wasn't like that and he wasn't this or whatever. But there's something about like hiding yourself and like the things that you have to do to hide yourself that like eats away at you, you know? And like the player from the Patriots, I think he was a lineman. He came out and, you know, he spoke out about it. And there was things that he did to his body, like, just the drinking and like other things that he did to his body to maintain a masculine look or to like drink a bunch of beer because that's what a man is supposed to do. Um, and, but he did that to shield himself and to hide himself, you know? And so, but if he had the support around him, um, you know, I think he would have number one been healthier, not only in his mind, but in his body. And so I think that that's, that's what has to happen. Um, and yeah, like the the amount of the risk that that you take, like coming out, losing your job, um, or you know physically being harmed, is like a real issue that you know we think about. So masculinity is different in all forms. Like I know guys who are built and have the beards, but they're deadbeat dads, or they they beat yeah. women and they like and they have no respect for women. And I'm like, to me, like that's less of a man than.
someone who yeah. looks like me, but like, you know, we'll treat a woman with respect. And yeah. I feel like guys like who look like me, they'll be like, Oh, you're just a simp kind of like kind of thing. Instead yeah. of, sorry, it's, it's like very, you're not a man, man. Yeah. yeah. It's like the same thing that women had to go through about like what people think about women, like women can't hold certain jobs and women can't play this sport. And, women, and we've had to break through that over and over and over again. I mean, it's just like me, like I like dress, like physically have a little bit more of a, like a masculine look, but I am like, a, I guess a girly girl like, <laughs> at heart, like crying, doing all that <laughs> stuff. So I think we just like, we, we have these like stereotypes and just boxes on everyone that, that we, you know, like put each other in. And when we stop trying to, make sense of someone by putting like you know a, a label title on them. them or a label on them i think we'll be able to um you know make that push and also seeing the representation of those you know hardcore nfl sports like gay males and movies tvs and all of that you know it doesn't it usually ends up being like the surprise or they're hiding or whatever which is a true thing but when are we going to get to the point to where okay here they are this is who they are and they're living their life yeah. You know, like, when can we start to see that and represent that and show that as, like, it's totally okay because, you know, you're just human, so. I remember, like, I think it was ESPN, like, they did, like, a really gritty football show back in the day called Playmakers, and, like, yes. I, and they had, like, the game, and I just remember, like, how, like, that was perceived of just, like, you know, this guy is an all-pro, all all-star athlete or whatever, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it comes out he's gay, and now no one wants anything to do with him, yeah. and it's like, oh, we're going to put you on injured reserve. It's like, but I'm yeah. healthy. No, you're going on injured reserve. You're going to sit the rest of the season and then we're going to cut your ass. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. and like, so to me, I'm like, I love the fact that and that was in, I was in high school. So like 20, 2006 or something like that. So mm -hmm. this was like somewhat, somewhat progressive and risque for, yeah. And I think, like I said, I think it was on ESPN that I'm like, yeah. I'm glad I was exposed to that at, an, at that early of an age. Cause like, yeah, it's something that kind of carried through, you know, into my teens, twenties and now into my thirties. But uh, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping that we get to the day where like, it's, it's not a big deal that there are LGBTQ members in sports and life. It just doesn't yeah. matter. And we just like look at everyone as just people, not as you were saying, like, you know, Oh, like that's, Oh, he's straight. Oh, she's gay. He's gay. Yeah. Whatever. It's just like, we're all just people and love is love. Like, that's just how yeah. I've always kind of believed in my mind. Um, so being that you are a, uh, a dating coach and mm -hmm. working exclusively with the LGBT community, what would you say are some of the best dating apps for the LGBT community? Like, do you think they're like the Tinders, Ooh. Bumbles and whatever, like the, the, the popular ones are the best? Or are there some that we don't know about that might be? Well, the, the new, the new one is uh, Tammy. I think there are, you know, uh, LGBTQ people on Tinder and, uh, and on Bumble, but the new one is Tammy, and that is, like, exclusively LGBTQ, so it's kind of a safe space, whereas Tinder and Bumble, you can get people making, like, fake profiles and, you know, trying to, like, uh, like get at you or whatever. And then, of course, for the gay men, there's Grinder, and that's more of a hookup app, so... Um, but yeah, I mean, that, those are those are like the two big ones um, for strictly for lesbians. There's her, but it, those tend to be more like social apps. So like you get to go on and make friends and her, they have a, a lot of events and stuff like that. But uh, there's not any that's just like exclusively for LGBTQ just for dating yet. Okay, well, maybe that's the, maybe that's the app that you got to develop one day. 
And then all of a sudden, like... Funny you say that. <laughs> <laughs> That's coming. I mean, yeah. I, I, an entrepreneur <laughs> such as yourself, I'm not surprised. Um, Patricia, com <laughs> coming soon. Oh, that, oh, that's the app that you're going to be working on and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I got, so I got... Beyonce, by the way. Oh, Patricia. Hey, how's it going, Patricia? Yeah. Thank you very much for, for being part of the uh, chat. Um, what, so what's the name of your app going to be, unless you don't want to drop secrets or, or uh, of that yet? Yeah, so I'm not going to drop the name of the app or okay. just yet. Just yet, what I will say it is, um, it'll be the first app to involve like how to date. Okay. Like I think a lot of people are like, oh, let's just get on. No one's do this, but like people don't know how to start conversations. People don't yes. know like, you know, like, um, like even first date ideas or what it would look like for you to do like a virtual date. Like so many people are scared to have like FaceTime dates. Um, and so it's like, because they're uncomfortable and they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do about the lighting and all of that. So uh, yeah, so I will say that it's, it's definitely more so gonna be like how today versus just, hey, here's a bunch of people, good luck. <laughs> and now uh, <laughs> you said, is this exclusive to the LGBT community or is this just a dating app for all people? No, it's going to be strictly LGBTQ. Okay, so mm -hmm. I, I so you have your app coming out when it drops. Whatever, I'll be sure to to plug that to all of my LGBTQ yes. friends. Um, yes. I'm involved with a dating app called DraftMade. It's basically for for sports fans and former athletes and such. So I if you that. so if you know any athletes or so such or sports fans who are looking to uh, and again straight LGBTQ doesn't matter whatever. You send some people our way, we'll send some people your way, and yeah, we'll, we'll make this like a nice make some nice little partnership, and you know everyone's kind of coming together. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, my my uh, cousin wants to know who popped the question and how did you do it during quarantine? So, like, she did it. Um, and we went, like, camping out in the backyard. I mean, because we can't really go anywhere. Of course. Had, had, like, a tent, but she made me, like, little movie tickets. And so we were out there. We had an intermission in between. And she kept, like, dropping her drink and, like, other stuff. And I had no clue what was going on. Um, and so, yeah, that happened. She was like, let's take an intermission. And, uh, she gave me a card and then she was just like, bam, will you marry me? And I was like, <laughs> so, um, with her dropping yeah. the drink, was that like part of the, the ruse or was that just nerves of her? Just like, like jittery and not knowing what to do. Definitely just nerves. Definitely okay. just nerves. Like, and her drink had a top on it. It was like one of those Yeti tops that you can slide it closed. Oh, yeah, she's she wouldn't like close it. it just, just still knocking it over. Everywhere. So yeah, I was like, what's wrong with you? But it was really cool because we were like outside on the stars in the tent. It was a great night. So um, that was our, to us, that was camping. So okay. she took me camping. <laughs> I like that. I, I love it. It sounds like a very wholesome idea. And like I said, yeah. we're in quarantine that I feel like a lot of people kind of feel stuck and, and stifled that they can't really do much that I'm yeah. sure for people who were, who were looking to get married about the question, they're like, I had this great idea and now uh -huh. that's done. I got to rethink my idea and how can I do something special at home? And it sounds yeah. like, you know, your fiance really kind of went above and beyond to make something mem more memorable than just like, you know, laying in bed and being like, Hey, here you go. Like, you yeah. marry me? which is something, if that's like your, your relationship, there's nothing wrong with that. But like for the people who want, like me, who want to try and do something big and special, like, I'd feel like I'm, very stifled yeah, of creativity. That was that was really great because I'm definitely like a hopeless romantic, and I was like, "Oh, that's so romantic," and I'm like crying, and so it was really cool. I liked it. I mean, Kia, thank you so so much. I, I really really appreciate your time. I thought it was a wonderful yeah. chat. I think my base, I know myself, definitely uh, 
learned a whole hell of a lot from these last 49 minutes. I'm glad that we connected. I'm glad that we did this show at, today. Um, and hopefully we keep in touch going forward. I'm looking forward to see how your, uh, your app launches and how that progresses. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Let's definitely stay in touch. Maybe I'll bring you on when I do it live. So that'd be great. Absolutely. Well, have a wonderful night and have a great rest of the week. And we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. You too. Have a good one. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate you all. Like I said, I know you all have better things that you could be doing on your, your Tuesday afternoon. If you have any questions for future shows, there's no guests tomorrow. So feel free to uh, just drop a question down here in the comments and then I'll get to it. Or you can always DM me here on Instagram and I'll uh, just add it into the queue for, uh, for tomorrow's show. Other than that, we'll be back at it at eight o'clock. Then we have another guest on Thursday. We're going to have Kristen Hutchison dropping by uh, or popping in, I should say, for uh, episode number 17 it's going to be. So looking forward to it for the rest of the week. If you have any suggestions of people that you would want on this show, pass them along and I will happily extend the, a, a DM to them. You know, the worst thing that they're going to say is no or just not respond and leave me on read um, or just not, not read the message at all. But in any case, I'm happy to reach out to anybody and everyone, anyone and everybody. Uh, Ryan, I got some questions brewing. So yeah, like I said, Fire them over, and uh, I'm happy to ask them away. But other than that, have a great night, and I will see you all tomorrow. Peace.